Welcome. Thank you for listening to this wholesome word by David Entry. The words you catch will change your world. May your story change from this message. Be blessed. Colossians chapter 1, reading from verse 19. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, I am made a minister, who now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up that which is behind in the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church, whereof I'm made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generation, but now is made manifest to the saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for bringing us together today. And thank you for giving us a privilege to be exposed to your word so we can have completion in our Christian life to a certain dimension. We pray that you open the eyes of our understanding, enlighten the eyes of our understanding. Oh, Holy Spirit, you are the magister veritatis, the only teacher of the truth. Teach us the truth. Reveal Christ to us from the text that Christ will be revealed in us and Christ will be formed in us. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So we saw that it pleased the Father that in Christ, Christ is not just one of the religious leaders. That's not Christ. Christ is not just a religious, he's not a religious leader. I am a religious leader. Christ is not a religious leader or someone who has formed a religion. You can talk about other religious leaders. He's not a religious leader in that sense. And Christ is not just a prophet. He's more than a prophet. And in essence, Christ, as we have been reading from Colossians, he's the image of the God who cannot be seen. The Bible says that he's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. And for by him all things were created. Wow, this is a different person. And all things were created for him. 
and by him. He is the head of the church. That he might have the preeminence in all things. What? And he says that for it pleased God that in him all fullness, every kind of things that makes God God dwells in him bodily. So as he was, you see, that's, that's not a religious leader. That's not a religious, that's not a prophet. Because it pleased the Father that in him all fullness was in, uh, in Matthew chapter 17, talks about how, first one, he took them to the mount and he prayed. And the Bible said that he was transfigured. It's very interesting. And he was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun. Is that a prophet? <laughs> his face did shine as the sun. And his raiment, his clothes was white as light. In that encounter. In other words, the concealed glory of deity that was in him for once to a certain limited fashion burst forth in his humanity. So, ha, what is this? No, I mean, can you imagine if he was walking in town like that? How can, no, even see people won't come for healing because they, you, can, you can't go to this thing. I mean, we will run away from him like the way when he spoke to Moses and the, the uh, people in the water. They said, please, uh, we don't want to hear this. Moses, go and listen to you and talk to us because this is encounters. And this God, can you imagine what is so beautiful is that when an egg in a woman's womb was being fertilized, it is this dimension of glory that was so reduced into like a seed in an egg, to fertilize an egg. Meanwhile, the whole universe could not contain him. <laughs> no one said, great is the mystery of godliness. Hallelujah. That God, God was manifested. He was revealed. He was displayed in the flesh. It's such a mystery. It takes a sanctified mind to be able to capture it to a certain limited dimension. And the rest of our Christian life, we are, we are getting to the grips of it. Because this is mystery. Great mystery. That the eternal God will will crystallize himself into a seed to fertilize an egg in a woman's womb. Born as a baby who Herod wanted to kill. And Joseph, the natural father, has to take the mother and the child and run away. Helpless, fullness of God in helpless babe. What a mystery. What a mystery. And he grows up and he ate what we eat. He sat where we sat. He was so human that it was difficult for people who even lived with him to accept that he's God. He was so human. That's, he was truly man, truly human. He was so human that he gave, a, even though he was working miracles and all that, they didn't mind. But they had their mind when he said he was God. They said, no, you're too human. In fact, the Bible says that he worked miracles in Mark chapter 6. And the people said, but is this not the carpenter's son? Yes, yes. We know his brother. He was too normal. They said, from whence does this man get these things? Where? Where? I was like, what wisdom is this which is given unto him? That such mighty works were wrought by him. Then they said, but we know this guy. 
That's we know his mother. So the point I'm trying to make is, he was so normal human that there's no way you see him and expect that he's different. His eyes were not blue or uh, green or turquoise. Normal. He was so normal, like a normal Jewish boy. But he took his disciples, three of them on the Mount of Transfiguration, and the Bible said he was transfigured before them. <laughs> he was before them. But that was a unique experience. Peter, James, and John, that experience was unique. So when Peter was writing his epistle, the closest, the greatest experience of heaven that he had had on earth, he referred to that. Not even the resurrected Jesus. That wasn't his reference. His point of reference. He said, we saw 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 17. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. <laughs> this is my believer said, in whom I am well, not just pleased, well. God said, I'm well pleased in this one. <laughs> Verse 18 says that this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him on the holy mount. We, we heard when we were with him on the holy mount, this voice that came from heaven. So God, when he revealed himself, his glory, just a bit of it in human, Bible said they felt like dead. They were so afraid. Peter started talking, it's like he didn't know what he was talking about. He was just talking. <laughs> he just was talking. So what I'm trying to say is that this is not just a prophet. He's not a religious leader. Fullness of God. It pleased the Father that in him all fullness dwell. God was happy that himself would be here. The Bible says that, and the word became flesh. Dwelt among this word that was God, not a part of it. That word became flesh. So God became flesh. Hallelujah. So it pleased the Father that fullness should dwell in him. And then that to reconcile. <laughs> and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things. Remember, I said, go into the world and preach to all creatures. Preach the word, uh, Mark chapter um, 16, verse, I think 15 or so. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Did you see that? To every creature. Bible says that through him for all things to make peace or to be reconciled, to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether there are things on earth or things in heaven. And you, in verse 21 says that, and you. That were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. Yet now. Say yet now. Yes, say yet now. Yes, That's why Christianity is the only way for you. In spite of all you used to be. In spite of all you have done. And in spite of who you really are. Yet now. Yet now. If you can be in Christ, yet now he has reconciled. We were enemies, but have been reconciled. I'm in Christ, and I'm in God. Because 
Me and God don't have problem. Why? Because we have been reconciled. <laughs> I think it's a good place to clap for Jesus. We have been reconciled. Verse 22. He has reconciled. In the body of his flesh through death, and I, last week I mentioned a bit about through his death, to present you holy, we spoke about that, unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. I don't think we have thought about this. You unblameable in God's sight, unreprovable in God's sight. Even people who live with you have few issues. Even your husband who has committed the entirety of the rest of his future to your life. That's how much he loves you. Those who say they love but they can't commit, it's not genuine love. Even people who have committed their destiny to you because they respect and appreciate and love and trust you, even they, when they live with you, you are not unblameable. Human beings, who can see a lot? Who can know what you are thinking? Even us, you are not really unblameable. How much more, God, who sees everything you think, knows everything, knows you through and through, you can stand before God unblameable? Reconciliation is far stronger than we have given it the credit. Holy? No, not you. Not you, holy. Please. But it's real. Satan comes and says, no, this one is not holy. But God check the record. You are fine because you are in Christ. He doesn't see you. He sees Christ. He doesn't see your hands. He sees the hands of Christ. And the hands of Christ have got the redemptive marks. Pierced hands. The pierced hands are so marked before him, he can't see past the pierced hands. So if you come in Christ, you are covered. Hallelujah. To present us holy, unblameable, unreprovable in his sight. Verse 23. We are going very fast. I really, my target is 26. So that's why I know I really, we, we have to get to 26. The angel said to Paul, you have to go to Caesar, Rome. So I'm going to 26. All right. Now look at the verse 23. Very loaded. Beautiful. Verse 23. If you continue in the faith, so, you know, you, you can discontinue in the faith. Mm-hmm. He said, if ye continue in the faith, grounded, it's an architectural word, grounded. Rooted is botanical, but grounded. There must be some grounding in your Christian life and your church life. Yes, 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 yes. This hit, please plan not to backslide again, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I think plan it. I, sh- I think you should plan it. <laughs> Some of you don't seem happy at all with that. I said plan. You don't want to plan not to backslide. <laughs> so, so, he said, if you continue in the faith grounded and settled. You remember last week I spoke about Katoikyo. Yeah. Yeah. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 17. Ephesians chapter said that Christ will dwell. That, that's all right. I think it's good sometimes for us all to... Yeah, read the word of just the Bible. Even if we don't preach and we just read the Bible, there's something about it. 
It's raw word of God. It has the potential to do something good in your life. All right, shall we all read this? Let's go. That ye be rooted and grounded. One more time. Hallelujah. You see, rooted and grounded. Grounded in love. We will be grounded. God wants us to have some grounding. So he says that if you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away. Christian life is heavily, the Christian life is heavily hope-based. Faith-based. Love-based. Faith, hope, and love. So he says that if you continue in the faith grounded and settled and be no moved away from the hope of the gospel. What kind of gospel you heard that didn't come with hope? It's not a gospel. Because the gospel is a gospel of hope. From the hope of the gospel. You remember Christ, verse 27 says that Christ in you, the, the hope of the gospel is actually Christ. Don't move away from Christ. It shouldn't even be a consideration. So, the scripture says that hope, all right, not being moved away from the Christianity is heavy in hope. Ephesians, I like that one. Ephesians chapter, okay, let me go to chapter 1 first, then I'll go to chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18. When Paul said, therefore, since I heard of your, from verse 15, Wherefore, since I heard of the, your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and love. You see faith and love? Yeah. Say faith. faith. Say love. love. Say faith. faith. Say love. love. For faith. Love. love. What is missing? Hope. Because it's a tripod. So when I heard of your faith in Jesus and love for the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. What's the prayer topic? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know. Whoa. The hope. You have love and faith, but there's something you got to know. The hope of not your calling, his calling. He's the one who did the calling, and that calling came with a package of hope. And he said, you cannot be taught that. It, will, it must be revealed. So it must start with, I pray for you that God will grant you the spirit of revelation. Oh, every time you are coming to church, we have to pray that God, grant me the spirit of revelation. Grant me the spirit of revelation in the knowledge of you. Grant me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. The spirit, because it's not only reading that guarantees understanding and comprehension of the things of God. It must be revelation. So, then it says that, that you may know what? The hope. It's because Christianity is built on hope. I like the songwriter said, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Not my blood, not my righteousness, but Jesus. These songwriters, of, they knew God. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 4, it says, one hope. No, we don't have colorful hope, different, different. One hope, one body, one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. One hope. 
one hope. Colossians chapter 1 verse 5 talks about not being moved away for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Okay? So there's hope that is laid up for us in heaven. And I think I taught on this when we go to the verse 5. So now he's bringing that if you are grounded and settled, not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature, this every creature thing, every creature which is under heaven. Oh, I'm getting to where I've always been wanting to get to. <laughs> every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, I am made a minister. I think it's good to break it down a little bit. <laughs> He said, okay, you should continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and not being moved away from the hope. What kind of hope? The hope of the gospel. Now, you realize that he's beginning to focus on the hope of the gospel or the gospel. So, the hope of the gospel which ye have heard. If you are a believer, the only way you became a believer is by hearing. By hearing the gospel. Faith comes so he said, how can they call on whom they have not believed? How can they believe of whom they have not heard? So it comes by hearing. Faith is by hearing. So he says that if you continue or don't move away from the hope of the gospel, which ye heard, okay, which ye heard, which was preached to every creature which is under heaven. The gospel comes to everybody. The gospel, in other words, everybody can be saved. Somebody say everywhere. Everywhere. Including your high street. Your high street. Including your office. Ah, it's coming closer now. It's coming closer now. Including your colleagues. So it talks about, now watch this. Don't drift away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which has been preached to every creature. Uh, give us New King James, please. Which was preached to every creature under heaven. Of which? Of what? What is the which of which talking about? Of this gospel. You're a minister of what? I know many people are ministers of religion. That's why the gospel is not a border for them. Whatever gospel has said really is not, it doesn't matter. So because they are ministers of religion. <laughs> so if you call yourself a minister, what gospel? True ministry is the true ministry of God, spiritual ministry. Is the ministry that ministers Christ as the gospel. So that tells you, it looks like it's possible you can be a minister, but you've gone past your sell-by date. So when I call myself a minister of the gospel, as soon as you hear, Pastor, what are you? I'm a minister of Christ. Please allow me to just do that without imposing your expectations on me. Let me define what my role and my job as a minister of Christ is. 
to you. Don't define it for me. Based on your pre-existing philosophy. You might be making a mistake. So now, when Paul said of which I became a minister, he's saying I became a minister of the gospel. Look at the next verse. Oh, this one, before we get to verse 25. I now rejoice in my sufferings for you. Shall we say that together? One more time, please. I now rejoice in my suffering. For the last time, please. I now rejoice in my He just spoke about him being a minister of the gospel. And he said, Now I rejoice in my suffering for you. Usually, if you choose to be a minister of the gospel, it comes with some levels of suffering. Nowadays, a lot of people want to be pastors for comfort. <laughs> for comfort and convenience especially within the charismatic community. When they're looking for relevance, he said, I think it would be good to be a pastor. There are people who think going to ministry is not different from industry. They are in industry, but they think they are in ministry because they hold the Bible. They are in ministry for income, not for impact. <laughs> Some people, when you marry them, they will make sure that you are not really doing ministry by industry. Because of the material demands they have. I'm just telling young ladies and young men something. If you want to do ministry, who you marry matters. Other than that, you can be distracted into industry. But when the rubber hits the road, ministry comes with afflictions. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 5, Revelation chapter 1 verse 9, 2 Timothy chapter uh, 2 verse 10. It's there. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 5. It says that, for us the sufferings of Christ abound where? Oh, okay, let's read the first line. Let's go. One more time. One more time. The sufferings of Christ abound in us. So our consolation also abounds through Christ. The sufferings of Christ, there's no ordinary sufferings. Sufferings of Christ, suffering, Revelation chapter 1 verse 9. I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and the kingdom and patience of Christ. Ministry or doing God's work genuinely doesn't matter wherever you are in the world, it comes with certain levels of affliction. And sometimes it can be very harsh, depending on where you are. One, I'm told one of the reasons why bishops in the past, really, bishops, you know, the dark color thing, normally the bishops own, the shirt is either burgundy or red, ecclesiologically, it's supposed to be red. The Catholics' own is, I think, Burgundy. But I think the rest, Church of England, is supposed to be red. So sometimes young men wear it when they don't know that red is supposed to be for bishop. But why red? Because in those days, when you say you'll be a bishop, that's fine. Why 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, he said, if anyone desires the office of a bishop, if a man desires the position of a bishop, he has desired a good work. Being a Christian leader in those days, you are in the front line. And so, the red signified blood-stained shirts. 
That's why they wear red. So, so it's, it's blasting. It's painful. And Paul said that our afflictions in Christ, the affliction says that the sufferings of Christ abound in us. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 10. Therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect. How many things do I endure? All things. If you really want to do God's work as a minister of Christ, be ready to endure. Be ready to endure. It comes with a certain level of endurance. So Paul in Colossians chapter 1 verse 24 again, he says that I rejoice in my suffering. That is not natural. To rejoice in sufferings. So I rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh. Flesh there means my human living, my physical body. Fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ. I've taught on this over and over. But because of Colossians, let me just mention again. Fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions. Does that mean something is lacking? The sufferings of Christ was not complete? The sufferings of Christ were in two parts. One, the suffering that brings redemption. That one, no one can suffer. So he suffered alone to, to purchase our redemption. But there's another suffering. That is the suffering for the building of the body. So two sufferings, the, the suffering of Christ are in two categories. The first one, which is Christ was the only one who can go through that suffering, which is the suffering on the cross that procured or purchased or accomplished redemption for us. That one is only Christ. But the other one, he left some for us to also go through. And that one is for the building of the church. So a minister of the gospel is meant to go through one way or the other, what shape or form it brings. If it means to build the church, you go through some afflictions. Afflictions. It might not be direct persecution. It might be a lot of sacrifices. I was telling our, our missionaries yesterday that when you are doing ministry in truth, it kind of, uh, you pay a family price. Yeah. You pay a family price. It comes, it's, 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 it's just, it's, it is what it is. It's just the terrain. Sometimes some wives cannot be a minister's wife because you can't share your husband with God, let alone the members. I, I, am I communicating something? It's, 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 it's not, so ministry comes, watch this. The other time I was sharing some people that ministry thrives on blood. The work of the ministry demands blood. Some of us, we can't do ministry because you have to, you, do, you love comfort. That's why you marry someone called comfort. <laughs> All round rest is your thing. I, I, he said, I rejoice in my afflictions for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the affliction of Christ. Not just anyway, but why do I do that? For the sake of his body, which is the church. I'm going through what I go through for the sake of the church. Someone say, for the sake of the church. church. How many of you can say, since you took Christ a bit serious, You've been through a few things, not for the sake of your Christian life, but for the sake of the church. 
for the sake of the church, busily building the church of God, doing the work of God. And usually, family members who might not get that revelation tend to say, why? It's too much. It's too much. Is the church for your father? Yes. <laughs> you have actually not hit the highway of Christian work if there is no suffering or any payment, sacrifice in your life for the building of the church. That's where I'm going. Your Christian life is not complete. I'm, I'm putting it to somebody. Challenge me on this. Your Christian life is not complete. If there is no investment in, I'm not talking about financial investment, please. They, they are all, if your life is in it, money is, your money is, is, it naturally comes into it. But I'm talking about, you, you are paying a price, a certain level of sacrifice to build a church. That's complete Christian life. The Christian life, that's where I'm going. The ministry, a true minister of Christ. What does it actually mean to be a true minister of Christ and to be in ministry? Well, what does he actually mean? To be a true minister of Christ and true. Look at the text again. I don't want to go too far from the text because of time. Now, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church. I'm doing all this for the sake of the church. Someone say, for the sake of the church. church. Or oh, please say it again. How many of you are in some departments and Sunday morning, you are waking up a certain time and you really didn't like it, but for the sake of the church. But for the sake of the church. Your departmental leader said you are arriving at this time for the sake of the church. And sometimes you have a departmental leader who will not even come close to the people who your subordinates manage at work. You know what I'm talking about. When it comes to a professional arena, you are way above, and yet that's your departmental leader. For the sake of your church, you, for the church, you humble yourself. It's just like a wife. It's just like a wife. It's just like a wife whose husband is making decisions, and she can see that, oh my goodness. <laughs> Wives can sometimes see that. What's going on with my husband, my husband, my husband? And usually you can't talk, you know. When some of the men, we are very strong. Yeah. We are very, most of us. Is it not true, sir? <laughs> we are very strong. When we are making decisions, our ego, you can't tell us no. Especially when you're a wife. When some other people say it's okay, yeah. We, but when you're a wife... And sometimes your, you know, wives can see through a lot, you know, sometimes they can. They, your wife can see that, is this man trying to invest in this business again? <laughs> and she can't say much. And all she remembers as a Christian wife, wife, submit. For the sake of the church. For the sake of the church. So what I'm trying to say is that you have a departmental leader whose decisions sometimes are not very, um, you know what I'm talking about, because of your professional exposure, because of your professional exposure, sometimes you can even be serving under a pastor who is not professionally quite exposed and you can tell his way of doing things sometimes leaves room to be desired. 
but for the sake of the church, you need to keep the peace. You need to work as a Christian. It's like you have joined a music department and meanwhile you are a music producer. Or you have albums. You have won an award. Grammy award. And you are joining a church. You so you've relocated to a certain area and you have to join a church. But the choir, even sometimes, you can tell these people need help. But the leader does not allow anyone to contribute. But, you know, or she's okay, or he's okay, but just that you are better. And you know your job. You are better than him musically, but not churchically. <laughs> churchically. No, not churchically. Don't bring your musical argument to come and spoil the church. Church is not only about singing. It's a family. Doesn't matter how much you are good at working, uh, managing a staff of 300 people. It doesn't mean somebody's father should leave for you to come and manage their family. <laughs> this is a family. You are also talking about church. You don't even know the little girl. You don't know her particular needs. The little boy, you don't know his particular needs. You think you can manage, because you've been managing organizations, you can manage somebody's family. They should let you come. See, that's what I'm talking about. However, however, even though leaders must also learn some other skills to upgrade their leadership. Is that not true? So, you are serving there and you are humble. Why? Why are you doing all this thing? You tell your wife, for the sake of the church. And you don't, see, some people, they'll be complaining to everybody. Hmm. I don't know why they're making all these decisions. Hmm. Is this our leader? Hmm. Hey, God. Well, they said we are all meeting tomorrow morning. Uh, well, me, I'll go. But me, I can't, I can't make it for it. I'll just, uh, I'll try and make it. But I'm going for the sake of the church. That's not for the, you are not doing for the sake of the church. Because everything you are doing is undermining the health of the church. And you are just using the platitude or the cliche or the jargon for the sake of the church. You are not actually living for the sake of, like somebody who said, I've oh, loved this church, I've done everything, and yet you are attacking the leadership. Say, so look at what, I've sacrificed so much for this church. And you are, because leadership has made a decision that didn't favor you, you are upset and you are attacking leadership. You so-called person who said, I've always loved this church, it's not true. For the sake of the church, you just get over yourself. I think this one is a strong one. Just get over yourself for the sake of the church. If you are really for Christ, then we can start considering that you're actually a minister. A pastor who is leading one church and breaking down the church. Not because of wrong doctrine or even wrong doctrine. You have to do it in a, in a careful way. Not because of wrong doctrine, not because of immorality, but because of financial considerations. <laughs> because of financial constraint, you leave a church and you only call rich people. Aye. You know what? Come. We are starting something new. We are starting something. That new thing you start will become very old very quickly. Amen. Don't spoil the church. Yes. Suffer for the church. Yes. Don't spoil the church. Yes. Some of us are inability to suffer for the church is what is spoiling the church. In our little ways. Just, just, just swallowing your ego. You can't do it. And you can't realize that it's spoiling a lot. Mm. I pray that I won't find myself in that. Yeah. Yeah. At the moment, when I look at my history, 
maybe God has helped me. And let's all, that, a decline of a church, confusion in the church is on your hands. Because of the things you are saying. When to tell this guy, all the girls like you in the church. As for those kind of girls, they are even not born again. All the girls like you in the church. I don't know. Even the pastor doesn't like me. You are tearing down. Say, oh, we are going for outreach. Ah, you are going to. Don't go. Me, I don't go for those things. Even those things are not as bad as sowing discord. Sowing discord. And something in the church that could have thrived has declined because of you. The blood of the church is in your, on your hands. And you are praying for miracles, God. <laughs> Bless me, Lord. You are doing 80 days of fasting. Uh, can I advise you? It won't work. <laughs> so, for the sake of the church. Say, for the sake of the church. Someone say, for the sake of the church. You are about to say something about somebody, but for the sake of the church. I think, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. She's a leader. These other people may not be able to handle that information, and it will affect the church. Don't say it. Don't say it. Hold on. And say, for the sake of the church, I won't say anything. That's, that's the Christian talking. That's the Christian talking. That's the Christian talking. For the sake of the church. Someone say, for the sake of the church. All right, let's finish this. So he said, I rejoice in these things I'm going through for the sake of the church. And when you go through it for the sake of the church, don't let them say, this is too much. No, no, rejoice. So your face must show, oh yeah, don't worry, everything will be fine. You know, God is with us. Rejoice. He said, rejoice now, not yesterday. Now, in my sufferings for you, and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of the church, for the sake of his body. Now look at the next verse, and I'll, 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 I, I don't think I got to 26. Of which, can you read the first line again? One more time. You see, this of which has appeared again. First one, I spoke about the gospel of which I became a minister, and I'm suffering all these things for the sake of the church, of which I be. He has become a minister of the church. A minister of the gospel. A minister of the church. Of which I became a minister. According to the. Oh, that's another one. Stewardship of God. Someone say stewardship of God. Please say it again. Stewardship from God. All right. According to the stewardship from God. Now, when you look at. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. It talks about how we have been made ministers. Ah, who has made us? One of the things, can I say something? You don't make yourself. You are made a minister. And it comes from above. No one takes this honor. Hebrews 5, 4. No one takes this honor upon himself. But he who is called of God. I think James said, except he who is called, something like that. But he who is called, okay, but he who is called of God, as Aaron. You don't take this title on yourself. He said, I was made a minister. So God has, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 6, who has made us able ministers of the New Testament. For you to be an able minister of the New Testament, you have to be made. 
to be able to minister the New Testament. Watch this. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. Hallelujah. For the letter. Of the Spirit. Mm. Of the Spirit. Of the Spirit. True ministry starts by the Spirit. Genuine ministry is a function of the Spirit. New Testament ministry is a function of the Spirit. If you do it out of the Spirit, it's religion. You do it, do it in the Spirit. It's of the Spirit. Romans chapter 2, verse 29. Romans chapter 7, verse 6. Look at Romans 2, 29, where it says that, but he is a Jew, which is one in one. And circumcision is of the heart in the spirit. This church thing and Christian thing is really, you want to be a minister, get it in the spirit. Stay in the spirit. Stay in the spirit. What does that mean? Be dependent on, because it's the Holy Spirit who works from your human spirit. So you have to tend to your human spirit. You have to live your spiritual life from your spirit. Other than that, we are just religious. Of the spirit. In the spirit. Romans chapter 7 verse 6. Very interesting text. But now we are delivered from the law. That being dead wherein we were held. That we should serve in the. ah, In newness of spirit. We have moved from that season. We have come into something new. So we can serve in newness of the spirit. Newness of spirit. This thing is spiritual. Paul said, I thank the God of Romans chapter 1, verse 9, who I serve in my spirit. So he said, He has made us able ministers, not of the letter, but of the spirit. Say the spirit. Because the spirit gives life. The spirit gives life. That means that when you are ministering, your ministry should give life because it's from the spirit. When you are singing, your singing should give life because of the spirit. When you are ushering, you are ushering, whatever you do, if it's of the sake of the church, then it might give life Hallelujah. because it's of the spirit. Sometimes, humanly speaking, you are in ashes and you like staying in the front or pastoral protocol, but it's on rota and they haven't rotated you for two months or three months pastoral protocol. You don't go to your leader and begin to argue. You, you want to, and rudely, you are not in the spirit. It's, it justifies why you have to be kept away from that place. But why are you rebelling? That, what is it? Wherever you are, so long as it's of the spirit, it builds the body. So don't say I'm suffering for, uh, for the sake of the church because I'm not put somewhere. And so now you go and fight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Say, I want to suffer. You don't want me to suffer. I don't. I want to suffer. You don't want me to suffer. Some people say, I've joined. I've joined the choir. Why, why, why have I not been put in the praise team? Please, is it is the praise team your target, or you want to just minister in the spirit? What 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 is your vision? First of all, it must be for the sake of the church, and if it's going to be for the sake of the church, then it must be done in the spirit. Ministries of the Spirit. New Testament ministry is what? Of the Spirit. Spirit. So, back to Colossians. We went to 2 Corinthians just to show that ministry, we receive ministry. But let's go back to Colossians. This is very important. It says that 
of which I've been made a minister according to the stewardship. That's also another. When you read the word, the, when you come across, some of you, your translations will have uh, dispensation. Other translations might have, uh, um, there's one more word that usually, one of the translations, uh, commission. All right. Dispensation. Let's not say dispensation. dispensation. Stewardship. Stewardship. Economy. Economy. Administration. That's the word I was looking for. I think the NIV is Administration. You see, administration. All these words, sometimes they are used interchangeably to right. interpret that word and other ones. The Greek word is oikonomia. Okay. Oikonomia, which is, we get the, uh, the English word economy. Economy. So the economy, so some translation will use the economy. Now, what's an economy? An economy in the olden days, like a big house. Let's say Buckingham Palace. Or let's say your house. And there's so much resources. But it must be managed so well that everybody gets your portion. And in what, so maybe the cleaners, the, the cooks, the chefs, the, uh, the children, Everything must be managed so that the resources of the house be managed for the running of the house. So when we talk about economy of God, you are talking about the resources of God being dispensed. That's why dispensation. Being dispensed. That's why stewardship. Because someone is taking it and serving with it. All right? So being dispensed for God's own agenda and his house because the church is a household. It's a household of God. And so it's called, another word, another phrase is household economy. Household, God's household economy. What I am doing, pastor, please listen to me. What I am doing now, I am playing a role in the economy of God in, in dispensing himself into you through the word. So it's more of a dispensation, one of the words you see, dispensation of grace. So true ministry, well, dispensation, Colossians chapter, well, I made a minister according to the dispensation of God. So God's way of dispensing himself, dispensing his resources, dispensing of grace, or what it actually is, is dispensing Christ. So in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 9, it talks about, that word comes up again, to make all men see what is the fellowship. That's another word. The same thing, the economy, the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hidden God. The next, chapter 1, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, and then we'll go to chapter 3, verse 2, actually. Chapter 1, verse 10 says that, that in the dispensation, you see that word, dispensation of the fullness of time, I gather into one, all things. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 2 is even interesting, much more interesting. If you have heard of the dispensation, do you see that? Let's all read it out loud. Let's go. If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to you. One more time. If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to you. So what a minister is supposed to be doing is a minister is a dispenser. That's why we are, you are a steward. You are carrying the grace of God, who is Christ, and dispensing him into the spirits of men for the fulfillment of God's eternal plan in the church, for the growing of the church, 
for the growing of the church, for the growing of the church, till we all come to the unity of faith, hallelujah, which is the body of Christ. And so it's important that a minister, the job of a minister, one, is the gospel. Two, it must be from the spirit for the church, for the sake of the church. And three, it must be based on the assignment God has given to him. And every minister has only one assignment. When you go, when you're traveling and um, um, you're on the plane, or you go to a restaurant, they bring you a menu. And then the waitress will come, said, what would you want? Some of the menus are quite confusing for some people. And many, many men don't like it. I let my wife choose for me. So when you go to a the restaurant, there are different items on the menu. And then the waitress comes, there, watch this, watch this, watch this, the steward. Air stewardess comes and he says that um, today we have a lamb, a marinated chicken, prawn. Which one? So then you choose. Watch this. A minister who is a steward of God, there's only one item on the menu. Mm. So those of us who come to church for a different item, we don't serve it here. And I'm happy to let you know, sorry, we are disappointing you. We don't serve that here. What we serve is Christ, is the gospel. And oh, I feel like preaching, hallelujah. Pastor, I, I'm, I'm very down. I'm very down. I, I, I'm very depressed. Can you, can you share some things that will make me happy? I don't have that. Pastor, my, my son is a naughty guy. He's, he's joining gang. I bring him to church so that your singing can make him leave the uh, streets. And please, I can't move people from the streets. That's not my calling. I, do, I don't serve street moving ministry. I don't serve it. I don't have it. But there's one thing I have if you write into it. I serve Christ. We serve Christ. We are dispensers of the grace of God. He said the grace is given to me for you. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 2. The grace is given to me. It's a dispensation of grace. Distribution of grace. Um, it's not mine. It was somebody's giving to me, not for me, for you. You are a minister, but you don't have time for people. Please, you find people very annoying. Please, you are, you are in the wrong career. For you, it's giving to me, for you. The other time I was asking the British hostess that sometimes the food, you guys, you say, oh, they, normally they are break, they can eat some. But I said, don't you guys pack it? Say, no, 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 you can't pack it. A passenger on the flight is asking you for, um, asking you for nuts, let's say nuts. And because you like nuts, you the, you've packed it in your bag and you are telling the, the passenger we have run out of. You will be fired. And if we are not careful, you can be a minister and you have put, because you want certain type of people to like you, you have put aside what people are coming to Christ for. Minister of the gospel, be a dispenser of grace. Dispenser, the grace that brings salvation, the grace that changes people, the grace that makes God manifest. You are, you are a dispenser. You are taking it from God. God is passing it through you. And how is grace dispensed? Through the teachings. Yeah. 
What teaches them? Ah, this one, I have to wait, but this is so heavy. What teaches? Look, it's there. Please put it on the screen again. Let me show you something. Let me show you something. He said, according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you. The Greek word also renders to complete the word of God. To complete, ah, somebody, Paul to do what? Fulfill, to complete the word of God. How? Excuse me, Paul, what do you mean? The complete gospel. Until you start preaching the complete gospel, you are not a faithful minister. What do I mean by the complete gospel? Now watch this. This, many people think is just stories about Joshua, about the whale swallowing Yonah, about the stand standing still, Moses going through the uh, Red Sea, uh, three Hebrews boys in, in the fire of Nebuchadnezzar, Shadrach, Meshach, Daniel in the lion's den, and um, a nativity, Mary give birth as, as a virgin. Story, 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 they are true. They are true. Some of, some of us will take the Bible as teachings for uh, principles in life. It contains that. So the stories are there, the principles in life, even the word that brings hope, the word that generates faith. It's all there, which is true. So the precepts of God, the law of God, the testimony of God, the word of God, everything. But there is something that we tend to miss. Look at this again. To fulfill the word of God. Look at the next verse. The next verse. Even the mysteries. This one must take, take us to next week. To fulfill the word of God. The word of God is the mystery. Mysterion Greek. Mystery? Paul, what do you mean? The word of God. To fulfill it. Mystery? The word of God, which is a mystery hidden from ages, from generations. So Moses and the others didn't have it. That's why he said, I am called to complete the thing. Without, he said, there are four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They tell us about the human life of Jesus Christ. But it's not complete until I tell you about Jesus Christ, who is ascended in heaven and is now working through the church. If you stop with the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you don't have a complete word of God. Full minister of the gospel. Why do you only talk about stories about Jesus cleansed the lepers? That's all stories, stories, stories. I mean, sometimes it's just okay, it's true. But the real thing I've been trying to say is, if you stop short of telling us what the church is, You've missed the complete gospel. Mm. Oh, yeah, evangelism. We are winning souls. Yes, that's very important. Repent for the kingdom. Very, so you don't go to hell. Very important. Win them. Where are you taking them to? <laughs> Heaven. But they haven't died yet. So whilst they are on earth, what, what's, what's going to happen? We need a complete gospel. Yeah. The, complete, let me tell you, the mystery of God. And maybe I have to pick it up. It's, it's, what I'm sharing is a lot. So I told you. I told you, I have to pick it up next week. But let me say the mystery of God. Say the mystery of God. We have two things. We have the mystery of God. Colossians spends a lot of time talking about the mystery of God. Whilst Ephesians spends a lot of time talking about the mystery of Christ. These are the two great mysteries. The mystery of God and the mystery of Christ. I, I don't want you to get confused. All right. The mystery of God. Paul said, 
My ministry is to complete the word of God. There's nobody, there's nobody in history who revealed Christ much more than Paul. What does that mean? Watch this. Galatians chapter 1, when he pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb? What, what, to do what? Uh, 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 but when he pleased God, who separated from my mother and called me by his grace? Look at verse 16. For what? For to reveal, to reveal, to reveal his son in me. God's plan was to reveal his son in me. So without Paul, we don't have a completed word of God. You have a lot of revelation about Moses, revelation about the Old Testament, revelation about even Peter, the Jesus walk on the water, and all that. But that's not the, the end of the story. They'll end up because Paul is the only one who presented Jesus clearly as now the Spirit. So, First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse forty-five says that the first Adam, the first Adam, watch this. The first Adam was made a living soul. Who is the last Adam? Who is the last Adam? Who is the last Adam? What was he made? What was he made? Oh, so at the resurrection, he became a quickening spirit. Two things about the mystery Paul was talking about. Two things. Number one, Christ is not just... See, I, when I started, I talked about how the fullness of God dwells in Christ. That's a mystery. Great is the mystery of godliness. That's a great mystery. That God captured in human flesh, walking around. That's, that's, that's the beauty. It's a, it's a great mystery. But... The, the deeper one, the extension, if you extend it, it's actually not only God was fully manifested in Christ, but watch this, it was also that Christ became the life-giving spirit. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, he said, the Lord is the spirit. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Who is the spirit? The Lord. Oh, it says that where the, 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 the Lord is the spirit. Who is the Lord? He's the Spirit, Jesus. The Lord is the Spirit. I want you to understand something. So now, when Jesus died, if he had remained just in the flesh, there's no way he can be in our midst. So now, when he died, Jesus Christ is with us as the Spirit. As what? This is very important. As the Spirit, finding an expression in the church and two, two key revelations that has been hidden in, the, in, in, in history. Ages past. Number one, Christ is the fullness of God and the life-giving spirit. Number two, the church is the fullness of Christ. His body. It's only Paul who began revealing clearly how the church... The church is not just Pentecost. The church is not just a gathering of believers. The church is actually the body of Christ. It's the body of Christ. Bible calls it Ephesians chapter 1 verse 23, the fullness of God, the fullness of Christ. The fullness of Christ who fills off the church is his fullness. Which is, so the church is his body, is, is the fullness. Now it's only Paul who revealed this. It was only Paul who made us understand that the church is the one new man. <laughs> this is too much, this is too much. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 15, he's the one new man. Church, it was it was revolutionary. If Paul had not brought this, there's no way we would have. Paul says the gospel is not complete until you actually know what the church is. Yes. Yes. That's, that's where I'm going. Uh -huh. you, you actually know what the church is. Uh -huh. I preached a message some time ago, the complete gospel. 
the complete gospel. A lot of people don't have a clue the value of church, the church in the sight of God. I'm not talking about just the gathering of believers. I'm talking about the ch- what the church is to. Bible says that Christ loved the church and gave himself for the church. What, what, what is this church? And Ephesians chapter 5, husband love your wife, verse 25, as Christ loved the church and gave himself for the church, 26, that he might sanctify, cleanse her by the washing of water, uh, verse 27, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having wrinkle or spot or any side blemish. Look at that. I'm going somewhere. So, so husbands ought to love their wives as they love their wives. For no one, no one hates his own flesh, but nourishes, what was that? For we are members of his body, his flesh, and of his bones. Look at that. For verse 31. For this reason. Ah, what has this got to do with the church you are talking about? Watch this, watch this, watch this. He said, We are members of his body. He died for the church and blah blah blah. He said, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. For which reason? This thing you are talking about? And the two shall become one flesh. Then he says, watch this, watch this, the big one. This is a great mystery. You see the mystery? The mystery. The mystery he has been called to teach. The mystery. He said, this is a great mystery. And what's the mystery? He said, it's about the Christ and the church. Christ is the mystery of God. I think next week I'll take my time to go into that. But Christ is the mystery. Watch this. You are not actually doing proper ministry. If you are not preaching the complete gospel, if you are not preaching the... uh, You see, there are many churches, there are many preachings, there are many preachers, there are many theological seminaries, there are many gatherings. But listen, we can have all this without completing the word of God. So the scripture I read in the beginning, Colossians 1.28, look, it said, whom we preach, talking about Christ, this thing is getting to me too much. I think it's getting too... I have to take my time. Please forgive me, forgive me. I'll do my homework well. Next time I'll take my time. But look at it. He said, who we preach? Warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect. That's why we are doing ministry. Perfect there means full grown. Full grown. Our job, we are teaching, we are warning that we might present every man full grown. Perfect. True ministry. Of which I've been made a minister according to the dispensation of God, the grace from God, given to me from God, dispensation from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. The, the next verse, the mystery, to fulfill the word of God, the mystery which has been hidden. True ministry does not go silent, does not eclipse the mystery, but it's now revealed. What's the mystery? Christ. Fullness of God who is the life giver. When he's in your life, he brings life. When he's in you, the law could never give life. The law only demands and condemns. The law tells you, do this, you can't do it, it condemns you. Do this, you can't do it, it condemns you. Do this, you can't do it, it condemns you. The, according to Galatians chapter 3, verse 21, the law doesn't give life. The law does never give life. Is the law then against the, the, the no? Certainly no. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, the law could not give life. Life comes. It says in him, John 1 4, in him is life. He became the life giving spirit. I mean, these grandiose things about Christ. You can't be a Christian and growing Christian and be. Perfect and mature. When I say perfect, talking about full grown. And 
not have this, this then your, your growth is not complete. You must understand that Christ is the fullness of God who is working himself as the life-giving spirit into us. And the church is the fullness of Christ, the, the body of Christ. Christ is the head, the church is the body. And the rest of our Christian life, we begin to decipher this, break it down, learn it more. When you have this understanding, and you start from there, when you read the New Testament, read the Bible, you begin to see it in a different light. It begins to make more sense than raises questions. The true gospel. True ministry. Feed people with Christ for the sake of the church. I preach a very long message. But I know I told you you have to listen to. Yes, yes. Over and over and over and over. Did you receive something? Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. You're welcome to connect with David Entry on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also find more spirit-filled messages from Caris Church on YouTube and all relevant streaming platforms. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share the message. Be blessed.